I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, everybody, you ready to talk some Kings? You ready to talk some NBA? Who better than Jerry Reynolds on this Wednesday afternoon? Jerry, I wish we had some better news to talk about on this homestand. I I look at one thing, and it's something that we talked about very often last year. It's very difficult to win in this league. I don't care how good you are offensively when you're giving up nearly 70 points a half. On this homestand, 72 in the first half to Golden State. The Warriors put that game on a platter for Sacramento. The next night, 72 points in the first half to the Clippers. Last game, 69 points to the Pelicans. And, you know, you're giving up big-time totals. You're not going to win a lot of games like that. Well, especially against teams that that are good teams that you're not going to, you know, you might toughen your defense a little, which the Kings have done in the second halves, but you can't make up that ground. And, uh, yeah, that's, you know, that's that was their Achilles heel last year. They got a little better by playoff time, but, uh, you know, they, they just aren't, aren't just good enough and when you add the fact they're not really as good offensively as they were last year and i think there's some reasons for that but uh you know at the end of it for the kings to uh be the team you want them to be they have to get better in both those areas i was making this point with uh either ryan or my rant the other day i can't remember but what's very puzzling to me is mike brown knows what he's going to get pretty much every game from De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis. He doesn't know what he's going to get from his other three starters, Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes, or Keegan Murray. That's We're 20 games in now. That That's puzzling to me. Oh, it really is. And, I mean, that that's just something that's got to change. I mean, I, I would kind of think that, that uh, Keegan will finally get settled if, if he gets healthy. You know, I mean, I, I think he's playing better defense than he's ever played, but his, uh, his scoring has struggled. But I think yep. he'll find, but I'm just not sure about the other two. And I mean, I guess we I'd summarize it this way is when your third best player comes off the bench, and that's clearly the case with Malik Monk, yep. uh, that's also an issue. I mean, there's nothing against Malik, but he, you really should have, when you're starting five guys, there should be. Uh, one, at least one of those guys clearly better than your best reserve. What about Harrison Barnes? At, at some point, do you do you make a move there? I mean, he really, his production has been very subpar. And we know he does a lot of things for this team that don't show up on the box score. But numbers are numbers, and his numbers are way down. I know you talk about his percentages and everything, but the quantity, 
you know, is different. You know, his 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 output, his production. I'm not talking about percentages. His production is 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 not there right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that I mean, I certainly with Harrison, I mean, he he really tries to fit in. He's a good soldier. All that. We we know that a pro's pro. But but he blends into a fault, to an absolute fault. And we've talked about, I mean, clearly his shooting percentage, his scoring efficiency is very good. But it it doesn't mean much if you're not scoring enough. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's one of those things that he has got to be more aggressive and produce more points and rebounds in his time because, uh, you, you know, you can't give time to guys who don't put up numbers. I mean, that that's it in a nutshell. That So you'd hope that either he gets more aggressive and starts looking for his shot. I mean, I, I, I was, you know, that Mike Brown was, was kind of uh, covering for him. I thought a little backfilling, you know, that we don't run any plays for Harrison. And I think that's true. That's a small part of it. But the truth is, who do they run plays for other than Fox? Great I mean, point. really. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, the offense just flows. And, and I mean, I think with Harrison, you, you'd you almost have to run plays for him to, I think, get him more involved. If, if that's the key, that's what you need to do. But but I'm getting back to your point. I'm rambling a little here, but I could see where where they may have to move on, and and I could see putting Trey Lyles in the starting lineup. I I could see, you know, even going smaller, using Herter as a small forward and moving uh, Keegan to the four. Uh, I mean, if you're not going to be able to defend anyway, you might as well get better offensively. That's <laughs> and, very good point. <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and I mean that's. And then conversely, then you, you know, you use uh, Harrison as a backup four, or mostly it's four. And, and, uh, and then, you know, if, if Sasha is going to be a player, you're almost going to have to play small for him to, to be on the floor. And uh, so anyway, that's just some thoughts there, but I, I think it's getting close to that time, Grant. I think you hit on yep. it is that, that they're going to have to make, you know, some decisions, I'm, I'm sure they don't want to, but it sure. might be the best, it might be the best for Harrison as well. Well, and, you know, listen, there's always trades you can make too. If you feel that you've got to roll the dice like they did two seasons ago to get to Monta Sabonis, yeah, they gave up a hell of a player in Halliburton. We get that. But again, that's a trade that right now today looks like a very good trade for both teams. So, you know, you, you were part of it. You know what it's like when you have to take a, a, a franchise caliber player and move them. I, I don't know if I would have called Billy Owens that at the time, but people thought that that's who Billy Owens was going to be. Right. right. He didn't turn out to be that. But the, when you made that move, there were 29 or how many other teams were in the league at that point in time, other teams that thought that that's what Billy Owens was going to develop into. Sometimes, you know, you've got to do that. And I'm not saying the Kings will, but, you know, hey, that, that's always a possibility as well. You've just made a point. If you're not going to be very good defensively, okay, I get that. We keep on hearing that year after year after year. I we need to deal with reality here. The Kings aren't going to be good defensively. Let's let's stop like you know listening to. And I I understand what Mike Brown's saying. You were a coach, you know. You say certain things because Mike Brown wants this team to be a good defensive team. All coaches do. Mike Brown preaches defense. All coaches do. They're not a good defensive team. They're not going to be a good defensive team. So roll the ball out and try to outscore teams every night. Yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, there's a point where you know it's kind of like. 
Rick Adelman used to say and Elston Turner back in the day, it's like, well, if you don't have a lot of good individual defenders, you're not going to be outstanding on defense. As simple as that. You know, always, as you would remember, Eric Musselman in his year, Eric's a terrific defensive coach, really spends the time and it's proven that in college. But of course, the team he had didn't play good defense. I mean, yeah. he had one guy who could guard people, Artest. Yeah. And of course, he'd guard them all. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's another right. interesting, interesting story. You know, I always think, though, you know, when talking about trades and stuff, you know, and it's like the Kings, you know, have to move a great young prospect in Halliburton to get a great, uh, prove more proven center that they couldn't possibly get otherwise. But people, you know, start to complain about that a little bit. It's like, now, wait a minute here. It's very similar to me. It's like when the, the Warriors, I remember the Warriors trading Monte Ellis for Bogut, which was very unpopular at the time. That's right. Extremely unpopular. And two things happened. The Warriors became better, number one, because Bogut gave them something they didn't have and weren't going to get. And Curry became Curry. Mm -hmm. He was never going to be Curry, the full star Curry with Monte Ellis there, much That's like Fox point. has become superstar Fox. And, and of course it's helped Halliburton who's become superstar potential Halliburton. So a lot of times that's, you know, that's just the way it is. You know, it's sometimes you have to give up a, maybe even a more talented player for a lesser player to fit better. And, and I've always honestly thought that Jason Williams was a better player than Mike Bibby. Bibby fit better. It's all, it's all, uh, it's about your puzzle, your pieces and making them fit as well as they can. And I'm so glad that you went back in history somewhat and talked about that trade because I talk about that trade very often. That trade turned around the entire Warriors franchise. Now to their credit, they drafted very well. Okay. So look, yeah. we, we know that, but had they kept Monte Ellis, you are 100% correct. That team would not evolve the way it did. So, you know, sometimes you have to take your best player or second best player. And I think we could both agree that Fox isn't going anywhere and Sabonis isn't going anywhere. You're so right. other than those two, there's really nobody on the Kings that I would say is untouchable. I would pick up the phone and listen to any offers for any of those players that don't have the names of Fox and Sabonis. Yeah, I think you'd have to. I mean, obviously for me, I, I would be really inclined. To, it'd have to be something really interesting to give up on Keegan because I think he still fits this team, you know, and I think the but, I mean, having said that, I, I still agree. Yeah, the Sabonis and Fox are the two guys that you're going to build around and you're going to keep. Uh, I mean, you know, if Monk weren't going to be a free agent, uh, I wouldn't almost had put him in the same category, but he's going to be a free agent. So you just don't know what you, you can't know. I mean, I think yeah. you'll be able to keep him, but, but any, any other players and or picks I would really consider. I mean, uh, a draft picks, late draft picks aren't near as valuable going forward to this team as they were in the past. You need to, you need a player. You need a player. I had a call yesterday on one of my live shows. Uh, his name was Dorian, and he was talking about a comment that Mike Brown made, uh, and, and I'm paraphrasing here. I may not have it 100% correct, but that he's still waiting for, you know, roles to evolve. And if, if that's exactly what he said, we shouldn't be at that point 
a quarter at the quarter pole, should we? And we're almost we're almost at the quarter pole. I mean, you've had preseason. Now you've had almost twenty games. Should that be something that he's still waiting for roles to evolve? Should we have that down pat after twenty games? Well, you should be pretty close to it. I mean, I'm saying you know because there's always a outlier in that. One player isn't what you assumed he would be. But when you got your group back, for the most part, you know, you're you're really starting a year pretty much like you finished. You know, you've added a McGee and you've added uh, uh, Sasha, but but neither are starters. Yeah. And so and you even your bench is is pretty much the same uh, so, or to some degree. So, yeah, I uh, I think it has been a case where a, a few guys haven't produced like you thought. You know, I mean, it's simply certainly Harrison overall is, is hasn't and Keegan hasn't uh, both. There's different reasons for it, I suppose. Uh, you know, certainly I think that with with Herter, he is now he's playing to the level that more or less that you expected. But yeah, so so they came out of the gate kind of discombobulated, I would say, you know, uh, and, and and now they're, you know, starting to get it. But uh you know, I tell you something. I think uh, probably the fans out there think I've, I finally, uh, you know, lost it. I think they miss. I think they miss Terrence Davis a little bit. Uh huh. You know, I mean, you talk about yeah. a guy that obviously what you know you could throw him in there for a minute or two and find out if, if he gets. You know, he won two or three games. <laughs> you know, yeah. he was. <laughs> so uh, I mean, it's. I, I just don't see Duarte or. Kessler Edwards or Kobe Jones, any of those guys being them out there and getting you 35 in a big game. You know, no. Terrence did that a few times. Yeah. Well, very good point. I mean, so I've, so you, you know, you've gained a little, but you've lost something different. And we say this, and this is the difference of where the Kings are now to where they were two seasons ago. We're talking about, you know, we didn't know what the Kings record was and no one knew that was listening. You go, oh boy, the Kings are having a bad year. They're 11 and eight. All right. They're fifth yeah. in the West. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, if you look at the positives, the positives are, okay, well, all teams in the league with maybe the exception of two or three have problems, right? The Kings have some issues, but they're still winning more than they're losing. They still have a very good roster. And I believe last year at this time, their record was not three games over 500. I believe they were closer to 500 and they took off. So, I mean, there's, it's not like doom and gloom, but there are some things that have to be figured out. Yeah. You know, and expectations are always the thing. There was no expectations last year to speak of. Good point. And there is this year. I mean, that's a good place to be, but I'm like, you look, the team is good. It's really fun to watch. Now the, on the positive side, there's no super teams in the league now. There's some really good teams. You know, there's no no Jordan Bulls. There's no uh, bad boy Pistons. There's no Bird Celtics. There's no Showtime Lakers. There's no, I mean, there just isn't. Now there's uh, probably 15 teams that are really good when back in those years had only been five. So the there's it, it spread out to, to more good teams and, and fewer terrible teams, but, but on that, and that's my opinion. And that's why I say, you know, uh, the Kings, there's nobody the Kings can't beat. That's right. 
That's correct. I mean, you know, as opposed to some years when you would have said this level of talent, they have, would have no chance against certain teams. And, and so that's why, you know, there's a lot of reason to be optimistic. They can, the current roster can play better. I do believe that, but I, I mean, you know, I think Monty McNair and coach Brown knows exactly what we're talking about. They'd like to add talent to this team, but yeah. I, I was talking to Whitey and Phantom on our old fashioned three this morning. If, you know, if you guys want to be confused, you need to watch that too out there on YouTube, <laughs> bunch of old farts talking, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I just, I just, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it, the thing you have to have as a fans is, yeah, you know that Monty McNair would like to make a deal, but he has to have somebody that's willing to make a deal. You can't right. make somebody, you can't make somebody trade you something. <laughs> yeah, you that's don't think you make a deal with yourself, right? <laughs> yeah, you so, so sometimes you know, fans forget that little aspect that yeah, in order to not, make a deal, there has to be a team willing to make a deal with you. Yes. Well, I can say you and I can make deals that would be good for the game. It's like uh, Whitey and uh, Phantom and I, we made several good deals that would make <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, the you made a point that the Kings can beat anyone, and the reason why that's true is because the Kings have a dynamic player at their quarterback position. All right, they have one of the elite quarterbacks in the league in De'Aaron Fox, and when you have a dynamic player who's one of the very best at his position, and I don't think there's any argument that De'Aaron Fox is one of the best point guards in the NBA. You can beat anyone. I mean, so they, they got the most important position on their team figured out. I think they got Sabonis. I mean, I think he's one of the, obviously, the better players. He's a three-time All-Star. Now it's really up to the rest of the guys to be more consistent. I use the word consistent or inconsistency a lot on my shows. That's the biggest issue I see with this team right now. Other than Fox and Sabonis and Monk, there's too much inconsistency. But I hit in a nutshell, you know, and I always say like with Sabonis, his real strength in my mind is he's a good player on his own, but what he is really good at is making others better. That's his whole thing out there. And he works to do that, but you can, you can uh, pass guys open, doesn't make them make shots, you know? And I mean, I think that's, uh, you know, he's doing his part. Obviously assist is still high, but as many good open shots as he gets guys, it ought to be even higher. So, uh, well, you you hit it. I mean, that's that's it. I mean, certainly uh, Keegan and Harrison and and Herter and and you know uh, you know whoever else uh, Sasha. I mean, they they've got to be more consistent. You know, you and we're talking about hitting open shots. That doesn't mean you, we don't. We know you're not going to hit them all, but I right. mean, getting good open threes in today's game, especially for a team that depends on it, mm -hmm. that absolutely depends on it. Uh, you, you know, you you got to find guys going to consistently knock those down. Well, they can't beat you any other way. That's the problem with the Kings. They can only beat yeah. you one way now. They're, they're a one-dimensional team, okay? On nights when they're making their threes, they're going to win. And on nights when they don't, they're going to have trouble winning. I mean, that we saw at the, the last game against the Pelicans. I mean, the Kings shot a, a, a poor percentage. The Pelicans made the exact same number of threes and 10 less attempts. I mean, it, it, it that's the Kings' bread and butter. We know that. It happens, you know, and that. But again, with all these things being said, they're eleven and eight and fifth in the West. So I mean, it's kind of nice to bitch and complain. Not that we're doing that. We're pointing out the uh, the the issues with this team. But there's a lot of light at the end of the tunnel. 
Oh, I think so too. And I think, you know, it's a case too where just little tweaks here and there can make a difference. You know, one of the things that's happened to this team is it's being, you know, it's being well scouted that they took people by surprise last year. They're taking no one by surprise this Correct. year. And they, you know, and so there's that. And the style of play uh, was a little unique. And so that's been scouted better. But like I say, I mean, little tweaks. And I don't know what it'd be. Maybe maybe it's just as simple as playing a little more zone uh, than they play. They play some. Maybe a little more getting better at it because a man-to-man's tough for them. Uh, maybe, in my opinion, and I've said this before and I'll stay with it, you know, with Harrison Barnes, he's the best low post player they have. Mm-hmm. It, the very best. You know, when, especially when Domas is out high, slide him in there, post him up. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, just things like that. You might get four or five more points out of him that way, and that makes your team better as well. But, uh, I, you know, like, I mean, I thought last year they did that a good bit, and this year I haven't seen it at all. You know, when you coached uh, the Kings, uh, do you take any teams by surprise, Jerry? Yeah, a lot because they weren't counting on us <laughs> winning anything. You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we, you know, obviously we occasionally, you know, we beat the Lakers. That's uh, right. Well, I always remember the Showtime Lakers. Yeah, we beat, you know, at that time the Sonics. We beat some yeah. really good teams, but that's the league. You know, the schedule. Schedule helps you, and the fact that when you're a bad That's team, true. teams don't really, you know, they just play with you and think they can turn it on, and usually they can. It's no different than the the Kings back in the day in the 2000s when they're really good. A lot of times they'd be just muddling along with Vancouver or whoever, and then the last six minutes go win the game. And, and of course, I always say I always remember that with the Jordan Bulls is like, you know, they'd sometimes they'd let you play with them the last six minutes. Uh, yeah. Michael say, okay, guys, uh, thanks for coming. Now we'll take the win. Well, this show is sponsored by Better Help. Stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, being in the news often, dealing with all of that, trust me, has not been easy. And if you keep things bottled up, it can really have a negative impact on your life. Therapy is a safe space. You get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills skills. You can set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And you know what, folks? It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Hey, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime for no additional charge get it off your chest with better help visit betterhelp.com slash grant today to get 10 percent off your first month that's better help h-e-l-p.com slash grant i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here is in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
it's interesting because the Kings, when they were really good and they had their 60 plus win season were like that, you know, you and I, we'd go into uh, the game would be like, Oh my gosh. And then, you know, with five, six minutes left, the guys got together and go, okay, we, we need to win this game. And they could do it because they were that talented. There aren't a lot of teams like that, but there are some. Yeah. Well, of course, I remember, too, you know, we always kind of like to complain about officiating, but I always said the, the better teams and the stars uh, usually get breaks. I mean, that's always mm-hmm. been the case. And really, that was the way in the Kings days of those times, because I was, I'll never forget the game they played against the Vancouver Grizzlies when the team was still in Vancouver, and they were like a 15-win team or something. And they were ahead of the Kings the whole game and deserved mm-hmm. to win. Yep. And honestly, down the stretch, I think Webb got about five calls that should have been no calls. <laughs> and, you know, now... Against Big Country Reeves. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a single fan left the building saying, boy, the refs really screwed them, <laughs> you know, which which is really, the you know, as it is, I always say that's why it's hard to blame refs, because if you're going to blame them for beating you, you got to sometimes blame them for helping you win. I think uh, Big Country uh, Reeves was on the team. Mike Bibby was on that Vancouver yeah. team. Was Sharif Abdul-Rahim on that Vancouver team? Uh, you know, I think he was. I yeah, think he, I do I too. Think he might have been a rookie on that team. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he yeah. obviously got a lot better after that. But uh, yeah, that was just uh, boy. That was too bad. They're not, too bad they're still not in Vancouver. But I know. Another. It's another beautiful walking city for you, Jerry. Ooh, beautiful, beautiful. Go to Stanley well, Park. Think, go walk around Stanley Park. Yeah, no, I mean it was it was of course the most most beautiful hotel of any anywhere we stayed. I oh, think. the Pan Pacific. Oh, wow. Pan Pacific. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you and I, that 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 hotel was way above our uh, our lifestyle, Jerry. We were like, wow. <laughs> yeah, it it was. I I felt kind of ashamed, you know. I mean, it's like <laughs> I, I knew I I knew I didn't belong there. I liked it, but I didn't think I belonged. Hey, you! I remember going to the Pan Pacific for the first time, and we got in there in the uh, late afternoon. And I remember walking into the room and looking, opening up the curtains, and go, "Oh my gosh, you're right on the water." It was beautiful. I mean, it was spectacular. Most beautiful city in North America, for sure. I mean, yeah. and, uh, more so than Seattle or San Francisco. I really believe yeah. that. Just, it sure as hell ain't San Francisco anymore. I don't know. Not I don't anymore. Know. I haven't been in Vancouver lately, but I know it's not San Francisco anymore. Well, you know, I have relatives in Vancouver, and they're saying the same thing. They oh, really? A lot of this, yeah, a lot of the same issues. All right. I want to get to this now. Um very good question. I was going to bring this up. Grant, I know you said the in-season tournament was gimmicky, but has your opinion changed or evolved in the past couple of weeks? For me, no, it has not. It, it is not. But we have to also talk about what was the purpose of the in-season tournament from the league's perspective. It's very simple. To draw more attention to a sport that is dominated in the months of November and December by the National Football League, okay? We all know that. The NFL is king in this country, and the NBA has been basically dwarfed in these two months by the NFL. And they put this in-season tournament to bring more attention to the sport. Has that happened? Yeah, probably has. Jerry, how do you look at the NBA in-season tournament now that you've seen it for two weeks now? Well, as as you know, I, I was very critical of it, uh, but I have to say, you know, I, you know, pretty much what you said. I mean, the the certainly Commissioner Silver was and his people were trying to come up with a way to c- 
create more interest, more competitive spirit during during the early part of the season when NFL is always going to be king at any time of the year, but that's another story. Uh, and I think it's worked. You know, now I think they went too far with the uh, colored floors and everything. I, I would prefer they just, they want to put a trophy out there at the middle of the court. That'd be enough, you know. But anyway, yeah, to, to the point, has it worked uh, in this year? I think it has. Uh, I'm still not a fan of it. Uh, and then my thing, I'd, I'd like to say, I was talking to with the old fashioned three. We were quite in our and panel talking about, and I asked my opinion, the very same thing. And, and I'll say the same thing here is that I think by year three, it will, the, whatever juice it has now will be gone. You know, I, I think it will officially become the holiday college tournament that nobody remembers or cares about. But I, I do think it has worked this year. And, but I think it will have a, a shelf life, uh, maybe, maybe three years. Well, here's the biggest issue that I think is facing the league, and it's an if. And I don't have a crystal ball any more than you do. But if they play the championship game, and let's just hypothetically say it's Milwaukee and the Lakers, which would be a dream scenario for the league. Let's just be – you get a Dedekumbo, you yeah. get LeBron, you get Anthony Davis. If one of the stars gets hurt in a game that does not count towards the standings, that's going to be a real big problem for the league. They're not going to be able to get around that. Yeah, that that would be the ultimate disaster because, like you say, you know that's the extra game. That's eighty third game for yep. those teams, and and major major stars. So uh, you, you you know there'll be uh, league officials be walking on eggshells if if those two teams are playing. Well, here's this is exactly how I feel. What's the point of paying attention to attorney in which players are playing strictly for money? You're one hundred percent correct. The championship game in Vegas, I won't even pay attention to. I won't care who wins. It won't matter to me. I, I will. I'll, I'm. I'm not going to watch any of it. It doesn't interest me. I have absolutely zero interest. But you make a good point. That championship game, for all intents and purposes, is a glorified exhibition game, which means nothing to the fans. Do you think the fans in L.A. or Milwaukee give a damn if their team wins? the in-season tournament. No, you know what they're going to be hoping for? They're going to be hoping for, or it could be the other two teams. It could be Indiana, or I don't even know who the other team is. But the point is, they're going to be praying that none of their players get hurt in a meaningless game. Fans don't care that the players are getting $500,000. That means nothing to the fans. That doesn't matter. Every fan of the teams that play in that extra game are going to be, they're going to be holding their breath, hoping that no one gets hurt. That's what that game is going to mean to the fans, in my opinion. Well, you know, just another couple points on that, and uh, that's a great point about the money. But uh, I think what's scary to me, or not scary, but uh, concerning is, yeah, the guys that are playing hard for that money aren't the guys who you want to watch. I mean, LeBron James and Dedekupo, it's not about the, They don't care. Right. It's the guys who ain't playing. <laughs> it's yeah. it's the ninth through fifteenth man. That's, That's a great who's, point. Who's who's really after it? So uh, that part bothers me. And then the other part is is let's say uh, the Pelicans and the Pacers are playing in the championship game. Well, I mean to me, uh, an in season tournament where you have basically two teams that didn't even make the playoffs last year playing for the championship. Good point. That ought to. To me, that ought to tell you almost as yep. much as neither one of the teams with the best records in East or West are in it. 
Sorry, I really hope that someday uh, we both can have the feeling of where $500,000 in front of us doesn't mean anything. Well, it's not going to happen. I can tell you that. <laughs> not, not, uh, no, there's never a day. I'd, I'd be, I'd get out there and 80 years old and try to compete for 50,000. <laughs> I still, I, I still uh, miss every day those checks in the mailbox from the Nike commercial. You know what I mean? I haven't gotten over that. And that was 20 no, that years was ago. A thousand, that was a thousand dollars. That was uh, probably, you know, about two weeks of the happiest time of my life going out there every day and getting a thousand dollars in the mailbox. That was true yeah. joy. Oh my gosh. I know we've talked about that story so much. We'd call each other whenever we went to the mailbox. Jay, did you yeah. go to the mailbox today? Yeah. Hey, did you get a check? Right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, then, I think, uh, the mailman knew he didn't have to wait very long till I came out. You know, I <laughs> yeah. Jerry, would, Jerry would see the mailman coming up and he'd be standing outside his mailbox oh. waiting for the mail to get in. Wouldn't matter if it was I raining, want, snowing. Take a chance. Matter. Yeah. <laughs> Those were the good old days, Jerry. Yeah, they were. They were. Didn't yeah. totally appreciate them at the time. But as you know, that's one thing about getting older. Boy, you look back and think, boy, that was good times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the Kings play Phoenix on Friday night uh, in Phoenix. And uh, this homestand I was telling you that was continuing this stretch right now of 10 of 11 without knowing about the Phoenix game at home. The only road game was the Clippers. But you, you better beat Washington. You better beat Utah. And you better beat Brooklyn the next home game. All the other teams that are coming in here are loaded, okay? Like Boston, all right? Oklahoma City. You know, I can – Denver's coming in again, I think. You know, you 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 have really good teams that are coming in on this homestand. So what I thought – I said eight and three. Eight and three is probably not going to happen now because you're two and two already. And, and you really got very lucky with the Warriors game. But you're two and two, so you're probably not going to go eight and three. Uh, but boy, there there are some very formidable opponents coming up here in the next two weeks coming into Sacramento. Yeah, that's that's what makes those those other games so important. I mean, you have to beat the teams you're supposed to beat, and then you know surprise a couple people. And, and I, I think the thing that always concerns me about teams like that, the real good ones coming in, is that you you know they're teams that can beat you if you're playing at your best. Yeah. You know, I mean, and well, we and, saw that with Milwaukee last year. With it, it, at yeah. home, I thought the Kings maybe had their best game of the year all season, and they lost to Milwaukee at home in a phenomenal game. Why? Because the Bucks are just a better team, just a better team, and and that's so that that's what you you have to you know certainly have to hope for. You you play your very best, and if you do uh, at home, you, you you know you got a great chance of beating really really good teams. But you'll have to play extremely well, not like you know like we saw against the Clippers or the Pelicans. Yeah. I mean. It just has to be a better, better all-around game. Well, here we are. Uh, the, the kind of a break. You know, now the Kings are going to play Friday. I don't honestly. I don't even know when the games are in Vegas. I just don't have any interest. But the the Kings right now, the word is consistency. Mike Brown needs to find consistency, or the players need to find consistency because if not, it's going to be a Jekyll and Hyde season. We can talk all we want about last year. Last year doesn't matter right now. Last year is gone. Okay, this is a, a different team with a couple of different pieces. But I, as Jerry said earlier, and I, I've said, and I continue to say, if, as long as you have a healthy De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis, 
you're going to be in most games that you play. Occasionally, you're going to get blown out, but even the best teams in the league get blown out. But if you have those two healthy, you're that, that gives you a chance to win every single night. No, no question. And, uh, you know, I think it, it, it just goes back. You, you pretty much know Monk's going to do what he does. Yeah. But now you, you know, and I think that'll be the challenge for, for Coach Brown if, if you can't change a roster particularly. I mean, I think he almost has to – He's been great at, at mixing and matching, trying to find somebody on a given game who's got a game going. But you almost, I think you almost have to say, look, I'm going to stick you here and work, you know, and you've got to give me something and, and kind of, kind of try to create that situation that the consistency that isn't there. And, and, uh, cause I don't think the team can, uh, go forward, you know, uh-huh. kind of like they are. I mean, they, to get better, they almost have to find that, uh, one or two guys who you pretty much know, you know, within reason this, of the stat sheet will be a productive, positive uh, number. It doesn't have to be huge numbers, just positive. Once again, Jerry, a very neat office as I'm looking around you. Very, I'm very impressed, Jerry. It's all uh, all the uh, trashes in the corners. You know, I kind of scrape it's it right. off to one side. You know, I always make sure what, what you can see, you can't see all the other stuff. So... Uh, <laughs> Hey, I, whatever works. That's my motto. Whatever works. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, on that note, uh, you uh, enjoy your Wednesday evening, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Can't wait. Enjoyed it as always. Uh, great, uh, always great visiting, talking basketball with you, Mister Napier. Likewise, Jared. Take care. We'll see you. Bye bye. All right. Good stuff from uh, Jerry Rounds. We want to tell you that we are brought to you by uh, New Works Plumbing of Sacramento. Plumbing needs plumbing. Uh, concerns, go to sacserviceplumbing.com. Call the number on your screen. New Works Plumbing, uh, they've got a fix for you. And again, remember, they're available around the clock 24-7 for all of your plumbing needs and repairs. That's New Works Plumbing. They've got a fix for you. Well, folks, again, I'm going to look at the big picture here. And the big picture is uh, 11 and 8. All right. That's the that's where we're at now. This team is 11 and 8. There are a lot of positives. Yeah, they're like a lot of teams in a the league. They have an issue that they have to get better at. I think the personnel is there on this team. I just don't think they're playing to their capabilities on a lot of nights. And we've already mentioned the players, and so we don't have to go over the names again. I think that's the issue. Now, I also made a comment. I want to know how you feel about this. Maybe we overvalue Keegan Murray. Maybe we overvalue Kevin Herter. And again, you talk about Murray, you know, he's in his second year, so I'm going to give him some latitude here. But, you know, the others are big time veterans. Maybe I overvalue them, right? I haven't overvalued Sasha Vizankov because I said it's going to take a while, and we're seeing that. Yeah, he can shoot, but there are times when he's not making shots and then he's not effective. He's not helping your team. So, you know, at some point, maybe we have to look at us as fans. Do we overvalue players on the team? Uh, I think the Kings would very much be in a situation to roll the dice and make a big move. But you're going to have to give up a Keegan Murray. You're going to have to give up, you know, some pieces. But if you're a general manager and you know you have a good team, but you don't think you're a great team or you don't think that you're going to be able to do any more than maybe win a playoff series, then you roll the dice because you're in it to win it, right? Right. You're not in it to win 
45, 48, 49 games or 50 games. You're in it to win a championship and win it to win playoff series. If you don't think your team is capable of doing that, then you try to make that big deal. That's what the Kings did when they traded Heald and Halliburton for Zabonis. And look what it did. Hey, don't forget that this weekend, uh, weekend brunch at Bennett's Westside Grill and their other locations, the weekend prime rib, 60 different types of wine available by the glass, whether it's Sacramento, Roseville, or this new location, Bennett's Westside Grill in Rockland. It's all there for you. Prime seafood and steak. You'll love it. Go to Bennett'sRestaurants.com. Bennett'sRestaurants.com. You can check out the menu, make a reservation or more. You'll love it. That's Bennett's Westside Grill, one of their three restaurants, their newest restaurant in Rockland. And again, thanks to New Works Plumbing uh, for being with me since day one. SacServicePlumbing.com will take care of all of your issues. All right. So Phoenix is up next. Then the homestand continues and we'll see what happens. You know, I, I totally disagree with you on this. As of right now, for me, Fox, Sabonis, Murray, and Monk are untradeable. No, the only two players on that list that are untradeable are Fox and Sabonis. I disagree with you. I would trade Monk, and uh, he's a free agent at the end of this year. He's going to be demanding a lot of money. I would trade Keegan Murray. If I thought if I thought that would make my team better, I would trade those guys in a heartbeat. I'm not saying I want to trade them. Understand what I'm saying. I said I would trade them if I thought it would make my team better. So I disagree with you. The only untouchables on this team are De'Aaron Fox, who's one of the most elite players in the league now, one of the top point guards in the league, and DeMontis Sabonis. Those are two that are not – I'm not t- listening to any offers for those two guys, okay? Now, could you come up with a scenario where I would change my mind? Yeah, if Milwaukee said, hey, uh, we'll trade you Giannis Adetokounmpo for De'Aaron Fox. Okay, what time do you want me to pick up Giannis at the airport? I mean, there there are some exceptions, but I, I'm speaking in – very general, broad terms. I'm not trading Fox, and I'm not trading Sabonis. Anyone else? Yeah. I would say, okay. Let's do it. All right? Hey, I want to say thank you very much. I appreciate all of you. Thank you so much to Jerry Reynolds. Uh, Friday, Kings and Sons. We'll have it for you. Pre-game, halftime, post-game right here on If You Don't Like That. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, everybody, and thank you very much. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.